Welcome to the Six Figure Roadmap, brought to you by Leverage, saving you money on the tools, software, and courses you use to grow your business every single day. Now, here's your host, Cam Martinez. Today on the show, I have the honor of interviewing Kat Howell. She is the founder of Eight Loop Social, one of the world's first Facebook advertising agencies, and she pioneered Facebook lead generation funnels for agencies. Her work's been featured in Forbes, Inc., Entrepreneur, and she is a regular keynote on topics of Facebook advertising. So without further ado, I would love to bring on Kat Howell. How are you? I'm good. Thank you so much for having me, and I'm really excited to connect and and have this discussion today. Absolutely. Thank you so much for your time. I a lot of people, so our audience is made up of a lot of online entrepreneurs, a lot of digital marketers who some of, some of which know who you are, they follow you, they love your content. But uh, will you please, for those who don't know who you are, give us a little backstory to walk us from, uh, explain to us from, from childhood to, to middle age to where you are now, what's happened, you know, what, what was the um, inspiration behind your business and all that stuff. Oh, okay. Going back to my dad's balls then. (laughs) (laughs) Absolutely. (laughs) Um, Yeah, sure. Why are we here? Why am I here? Um, I, uh, I guess I, I'm, um, I'll, I'll kind of fast forward a little bit. I, I was raised in Canada and never really had an entrepreneurial background. I was never one of those people with lemonade stands on the corner of the street, nothing like that. Thought that, Believe that if you wanted to have a happy, well-rounded, fulfilled life, you get a good job and you marry somebody and you buy a house and then you buy a car and then you have children with that person and this is just what people do, right? So I was raised with that whole belief system, like pretty much all of us were uh, hardworking parents, hard work pays off, money doesn't grow on trees, all of this stuff, right? And I had a very tumultuous teenage years. I kind of went off the rails very much so. Left the house when I was 14 years old. I was stripping by the age of 16, um, heavily addicted on drugs, and just totally went off the bandwagon. Uh, Luckily, when I was about 18 years old, I decided to take myself to Australia on a trip where I ended up meeting my ex-husband at the time, and he sort of helped pivot my entire life uh, and ended up studying marketing at university. Again, still wasn't an entrepreneur, still very much had a lot of those beliefs like money only happens to them, uh, the lucky people. There's evil in money and nobility in, in poverty, all of this stuff, right? And after university, I, I got a job as a marketing manager for a business association. And all of a sudden I was constantly surrounded by business owners and entrepreneurs and property developers. There's that saying where you are the five people that you hang around with. And I, I, I now realize just how important the people that you, uh, how important it is to curate the people that hang around you because of this reason. So that's when that entrepreneurial spark really, really happened for me because I started to realize I, I knew these people intimately and I started to realize, well, hey, if Daniel can do this, like he's just, he's just a normal guy and he's, you know, he's making it happen. Then surely I can, I can make this happen too. Um, and that's when I launched my first business. 
like completely face planted. I had no idea what I was doing, even though I studied me. They don't actually teach you how to run a successful business. Funny that only experience can really an action being an action can really get you there. And um, yeah, and really, really struggled with the whole entrepreneurial thing. It was just it was horrible. You know, I went I was I went from having a paycheck that I knew was going to come into the bank every two weeks a uh, four weeks holiday every month where I knew I could actually have a holiday and, you know, unplug from everything to all of a sudden working 80 hour work weeks, never being able to take a holiday. I gave birth to two children. I was working within two hours of giving birth, never was able to take maternity leave. So it, it was just, it, it was intense. And I was, I, I had too much pride and ego to admit that I didn't know what the hell I was doing. And even just the idea of getting a job was even more depressing, right? Because it's, it's giving up. And that's kind of when I, I literally uh, was, I was at rock bottom financially. My, my ex at the time lost his job. He was supporting the family. So it was all on me. And I ended up taking out a massive uh, credit card debt to invest in a mentor because I I was, I was on the verge of an anxiety breakdown. I was literally at my wits end. And unbeknownst to me, this mentor at the time was very much into mindset. I didn't know that when I invested in him because I always viewed mindset people as like hippies and <laughs> okay, go smoke a joint, leave me alone type of thing. <laughs> but because I had invested everything I had and because I had no plan B, I listened to what he told me to do and I started following the meditations and whatever and things just completely changed for me from there and and the rest is kind of history from that point so that's kind of like the synopsis I guess Oh man <laughs> I love it I've, wow I I've have not heard that backstory from you ever before and it's amazing thank you so much for sharing that thank you for being Yeah open. Yeah, I have, of this, I have this quote here that you wrote on Facebook and I think it's, you know, I was going to wait till later, but I think it's a perfect time to bring it up because it was, uh, it, it resonated with me so hard. You said this whole mindset shit was all pretty fresh to me too. Like only two years since realizing that the way I think had a direct impact on my reality. It's so obvious now that the way I wake up in the morning and my attitude directly impacts every single choice that I make every day. And you and I both know that if I thought, acted, and behaved like the person who ran a $100 million company, I'd be running a $100 million company. I would spot opportunities that someone with a different perspective wouldn't even notice. Sometimes the personal, financial, spiritual growth and successes happen on the back end of something really hard. Like, wow, that is so powerful. Will you dig into that a little bit and, and tell us why, like, why did that just come up in your life this, so many years later? Right. Like, you know, I, I look back on that and I'm Ooh, like, how did, I, how did I not like, how did I, how did I think this was woohoo, you know, because it just makes so much sense the the way you wake up, the, the, the attitude, the perspective, the lens that you are wearing and all those beliefs and stories that you have around how this world works and your identity and your place in it of course, is going to impact every single decision that you make of every single second of every day, right? And every decision that you make of every single second of every day will obviously impact the reality that you are in. 
And so the, the thing that I realized about this is that if you were thinking, behaving, and acting, if you had the mindset, if you were aligned, basically, if you were aligned to the frequency of where you really want to be. So let's say you want to have, you, you mentioned everyone here wants to do six figures in their business. So you want to do six figures, or maybe it's your first million. Let's say you want to be, you want to crack your first million and you want to drive a nice car and you want to be able to travel first class and you want to be able to look after the people that you love. Like that's your dream. That's your vision. The thing is, if you're not there right now, it's because you're not aligned to it. The things that you're doing, because if you were, you would be there plain and simple. That's actually like how simple life works. So here's the issue with that though is that our behaviors are so ingrained in us and our thought, like, have you ever tried to think the way you change the way you think about something? It's really hard. Yeah, It's really, really hard. And, And it's part of the human conditions. Our beliefs is like one of the hardest things to shift. If you try to get uh, you know, someone to change their ideas around a religion or around money or around relationships, you're going to have to graft really hard to do that because we're so cemented in our beliefs. And yet the funniest thing is we're all bullshitting our way through life. No one fucking knows what's going on. Right. So that's the funniest thing about it. Our beliefs are all bullshit anyways. So what I came to realize was that you can change your thoughts. You can change your behaviors and your actions through consistent work. And this is, I meditate every day and I review my goals every day and I intentionalize my day and I intentionalize my month. And I do that every day because I know that if I do that, I will bit by bit subconsciously trick my mind into a new version of reality. And so my thinking will change, but this takes a lot of work. And you hit speed bumps and most people give up or they get frustrated or their thoughts go back to the old ways. And what I came to realize is what would be the most effective way to uproot someone and really get them to change the way they think and act. So let's say you said, I want to make a million dollars and that's what you're putting out to the universe. Like that's my goal. And yet you're not actually changing your actions. You're not changing your thoughts. You're not changing your behaviors. You're not spotting the opportunities because of that. And you're not in action because of that. So then the universe is going to throw in something really messed up like a baby (laughs) or, you know, a cancer scare or like something really hard, like a financial crisis, because those kinds of events will usually unsettle you and cause so much turbulence in your life that you actually come out a different person. You think, behave and act differently through that experience. And that's what I recently went through personally in my life. And at the time when I was going through it, I was even more frustrated because I was like, I'm doing all my mindset stuff. I'm doing everything. And yet, and yet this is happening to me. What the hell is going on? And that made me even spiral even deeper. And it was when I started to realize this uh, coming out, (laughs) it's literally this realization that holy crap, like I am actually a different person because of that. And I'm the person that is now seeing the opportunities that is now uh, talking differently. I'm, I'm more relaxed in my own skin. I, I have like a deeper knowledge of certain things in my life and, and my businesses. And I needed to go through that to get to this. So that's, um, 
that was a big eye opener for me because I think a lot of us will hit walls really, really hard in the entrepreneurial uh, journey. And um, I think the best piece of advice I can give you is if you are in a situation where it feels like you're backed into a corner and you're frustrated because you're seeing people around you succeed and, and you feel like you're spinning your wheels. What I would say to that is typically my biggest growth in my businesses have always come on the back of those kinds of experiences. Like when I met invested in my mindset, I was, I was at my lowest point at that stage. Yeah, totally. So much value. I, I can't even explain it. And I have a question. So that quote was, was very recent, maybe a week ago. Yeah. Like three, four days ago. Yeah. 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 <laughs> but you have run a successful ad agency and other successful businesses before that. So I'm curious why now, like what transpired it, obviously it wasn't the successful businesses that were making you happy. What, what happened in between there? Oh, uh, so I was very happy. I was, and I, I am Okay. So wait, hold on. Here's the thing. Okay. I don't know how deep you're, you guys want to go here. First of all, I don't think happiness is the goal in life. I think happiness is just a state of emotion and experiencing mm -hmm. all sorts of emotions is actually a good thing. I don't think happiness is the state that you should seek constantly in life because you're just going to be fucking disappointed, plain and simple. Um, I think the state is, is a, a state of, to me, life is about like having a successful life is about the ability to experience life the way and and experience the things that you want to in life and create with restriction limitations i.e you're never worried about money you don't have a boss telling you no or you, you're allowed to basically express yourself become a creator and whatever that might be whether that's creating businesses or creating um copy or creating machinery, whatever that is, and experience whatever it is that you desire in life without the fear of judgment from your, from others, but especially from yourself. To me, that is freedom in life. And money is part of that. So a lot of us get fixated on the money thing. We're like, oh, freedom is money. As soon as I get the money, da, da, da. But what happens is people will build businesses that are that are operating outside of their core competencies, meaning they are doing things every day in their lives they fucking hate doing. Whether, like if we're talking about agencies, like they're doing content or doing ads or account managing and they hate it and their business is doing really well and they're making a lot of money. What do you think happens to that? They will crash and burn their businesses, right? They will self-sabotage themselves. And you see this happen all the time with entrepreneurs, some of them making millions and billions of dollars, they're going to run the entire thing in the ground because money isn't actually the end game. Money is just a tool. Money is just like air. It's just a resource. What we truly seek, in my opinion, is the ability to experience life however you want to experience it, whether it's having orgies all fucking day, that's cool if that's your goal, or <laughs> It's to travel or whatever it is, or it's to just be with your family, um, to experience it and to be able to get in states of flow, like creating without restrictions and without fear of judgment 
from others and especially from yourself, because a lot of us are not even honest enough to say, yeah, I want a lot of money or yeah, I want to fly first class because we feel like, no, you got to be humble. Just be humble. Like, you know, just don't ask for too much in life. And, and so we often judge ourselves even harder than other people would. Right. So to me, that's, that's what freedom is all about. And I had that and I have that again, what happened with me was I had this very beautiful model of the world that I'd been building since I went into the mindset world. And I, I had this, this model that, you know, I create my own reality through my thoughts and it's what a beautiful way to live life. You know, you wake up every morning and you're like, I've got this, it's my mind, I can create, it's a superpower, right? Amazing. But I went too deep, too fast. I kept, I kept, um, I kept reading books and different con contradicting things. And there was holes in quantum mechanics that I started to spot. And I started to realize like, oh no, like no one knows. Like even if there's a God, what's behind the God? Something had to create the God and no one will ever know. No one, right? And it really unsettled me. So that's, that's what happened. And I hit a, as soon as I got in, unsettled, all my businesses financially just freaking crashed and burned. And um, it, was, it was rough, like rough, rough. And I all of a sudden went from being on top of the world to realizing, to feeling really, really lost, basically. Um, and what's the point? What's the point? No one knows. Not suicidally, what's the point, but just what's the point? And then... Um, it took me to like hit that bottom and, and to, to, to really almost lose everything that I had spent so long and so hard to build to shake everything that is Catherine and all of my beliefs and all so that I could have these, this, this new version of myself that like a Phoenix rising that came out of that situation. And as soon as I made that realization, I like my businesses just spun around like that. Your businesses are always a reflection of you, by the way, um, mm. financially. Every, anything that happens to you internally, you'll always see it happen to your businesses financially. So that's kind of that situation. So that's, yeah. I think it's, 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 it's very much... Uh, like first world problem because it's like Maslow's hierarchy of needs, you know, when you start to worry about existentialism and your place in the universe, you know, you're doing well in life because you're not worrying about how you're going to pay your bills necessarily. So I get that it's like, it doesn't have a lot of context for a lot of people, but the same thing applies for any, any problems or crisis that you're facing in life, whether that's you can't pay your bills or someone's about to die in your family or anything like that yeah it's it's, it's con confronting experiences that oftentimes actually make you grow as a result the way you needed to does that make sense that i feel no, like it, that was really deep it, no it's <laughs> gosh i'm just sitting here like holy cow like no, no it makes total sense hopefully it does to the audience but i'm so intrigued by what you're talking about right now and i'm i'm curious so Back when you, you said jumping into the mindset world, right? You had, did you have businesses before then? I had my agency. Uh, and then I had tried to launch another business, which was a travel website. I was going to get bought out by BBC, billion dollar buyout. Obviously that never happened. <laughs> Face planted <laughs> so hard. 
Um, and then I, I, and then I created my agency and, but it was, it was a struggle. It was just, it was the crazy. I created my business because I saw, I was exposed to those entrepreneurs and my vision was that, oh my gosh, you can actually, the whole premise, my world was like, oh, cause I was raised thinking you got to get a job. You got to get married. You got to get the car and the house and the mortgage. And this is how you are a human in this world and in this society and being around these entrepreneurs and property developers, all of a sudden I was like, oh my God, there's like legit another way to live this life. And I feel like this is way more aligned to me because I was feeling really suppressed and really uncomfortable in my place in the world before that. Um, and so this model was the idea of financial freedom and time and you set your own hours and you're on your own boss. And, and that was great, but that's not at all what happened. Instead of having like this business that was serving me, I became a slave to my business. And that's why I was saying like, it was almost like <laughs> there was definitely moments where I would going back to having a job as disgusted as that idea made me think like it had an appeal because I was so burnt out and I was just a slave to my business instead of it being the other way around, which I think a lot of us go through what I would do differently now. Obviously I wouldn't change. I was going to ask you that. <laughs> yeah. I, I, it's, it's a hard one because would you be where you are now if you mm -hmm. change things. So in a way, no, I wouldn't change anything. I'm super grateful for every experience I've gone through, the good and the horrible and the bad. And I am not my experiences at all. That's not who I am. Um, but if I could give advice to someone getting started out, it is that we, there's this very strange thing within the entrepreneurial and business community where there's like honor in like figuring shit out yourself. You know, you just hustle the hustle. Like that word gets put out by Gary Vee, by so many people that are really like influential in the space, like hustle and grind, figure shit out, you know? And so there's like this nobility that we have around, like you gotta, it's so stupid. No, don't figure shit out. Like I would never want to have surgery from someone that's figuring shit out. Like I want a doctor that went to school and got mentored and schooled by someone that's already done that surgery. Why is it any different in the business world? An athlete would never, ever think about going to Olympics without coaches, right? And often teams of coaches. And yet within the entrepreneurial and business community, uh, a lot of us are very resistant to the idea of like tapping into people that have already been there, already done that. And so um, my sister and I are launching an, another business at the moment. And like the very first thing I did was pretty much build a whole team of mentors around us because uh, we've never done physical products before. We have no idea what we're doing. And so option A, we figure it out ourselves. We go through a lot of like huge dives and some massive highs, I'm sure as well, or option B, we actually ask people that have been there, done that, experienced those pain points so we can bypass that. So that would be my advice is tap into people, whatever your goal is, whatever kind of business you're trying to build or whatever your target is, find people that have been there, done that, are where you want to be and ask them to help you. And sometimes you don't even have to pay people to do that. This is actually a strategy with podcasts, right? A lot of people create podcasts just so they can interview and can get free consulting from people uh, that will help them out. Right. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, 
That's amazing. Yeah, that has never been said on this show. Actually, I've asked every single person that we've interviewed um, the the top three things they would tell people to focus on for ninety days, and you're the first person to say start a podcast, interview people, go ask them for help, find someone who has done what you've already done, and learn from them. So, man, that's <laughs> yeah, that's kind of what we're doing here. Um, and also trying to provide value to our audience. But I think that's so valuable because like you were saying, it helps you, you wouldn't have changed anything, but maybe you could have been one step further in your process earlier. I think, I suspect I would probably be a hundred million dollars richer at the pace that I'm growing at. I think I'd be, so I'm grateful for my journey and I will never change anything, but I suspect that if I had tapped into mentors a lot sooner, I'd be a lot richer. <laughs> a lot. <laughs> uh, yeah, definitely. Yeah. Ah, that's yeah. amazing. To, to kind of sum up everything that you've talked about so far, because you've dropped a lot of value and anyone tuning in right now, please sum up the, the, some, like the things that we as entrepreneurs who may be starting out or on that journey to hit six figures or we're, we're struggling in some area of our business, what would you tell them to help them in where they are right now? Uh, hands down, your mindset. Yeah. Like there's, and the reason I say this is, uh, so one of my businesses is where we work with agency owners and freelancers and people that want to start a business and we have a system and it's literally a machine. It's like a plug and play machine and it works. Um, there's honestly, it's, it, there's nothing magical about it. It's just a system. And what we noticed is that for some people, it doesn't work. And we were like, why is this happening? And then we realized what's the one variable that's different between these people. And that is them. It's their mindset. It's their Hmm. attitude. It's their perspective. It's their lens. So that's when we started to bring on like mindset coaches and Jesse Elder, who's my personal coach. And the, the, (laughs) as soon as we did that, like the results, it's not even it's, it wasn't even like a coincidence. It was night and day. Like people went from landing like 5k accounts to like 50k accounts within like the space of a week. And the only shift there was just feeding their mindset, like just making them realize that what goes on in here has a direct impact on what they're actually seeing inside of or experiencing in, in their outer world. So hands down, It doesn't matter what coach you have. It doesn't matter what strategy you follow. It doesn't matter what funnel you build. It doesn't matter what tools you end up using. If you don't believe you deserve success, if you um, believe, have enough, if you, oh, here's a story a lot of us subscribe to that, um, that you have to hit rock bottom to hit success, right? So a lot of us subscribe to that story because that's like been passed down from like generations over 7,000 years, right? So when, when it served us at one time, but not in the world we're in anymore. So if you have any of those beliefs or stories that you're subscribing to, it doesn't matter what tools you use. It doesn't matter what mentor you tap into. None of it is going to work. Or if it does work, it will work temporarily and you will then self-sabotage the entire thing and crash everything into the ground, which everyone's seen people do that as well. So I think the most important thing you can do, hands down, is to invest in your mindset. And 
the same way that we go to the gym to stay fit or, you know, we, we actually like do this already in our lives and yet we don't dedicate, we don't prioritize this muscle that is actually responsible for the entire thing, reality that you're seeing. So it's the most important muscle, more important than your biceps, your legs and your buttocks. Right. And we don't, we don't actually prioritize that. And if we do, it's like, I'm going to meditate for five minutes or I have to do this. And, uh, so I, I would say that without that, without that ingredient in place, it's going to be very, very hard for you to, to, to maintain success and to maintain a state of life where you can be in flow as often as you want. And you can experience things without giving a shit what other people think or, or, and, and allowing yourself the freedom to do that. Yeah. I love it. I I want to get tactical real fast. Um, Mm -hmm. because what we haven't gotten into and I'm grateful for everything that we've talked to you because I know that you probably get asked about Facebook ads in your agency all the time. And I I do want to ask, ask a question about that strictly for the growth of people's businesses as someone who's in the marketing space all the time, someone who's grown a successful agency for those people who may be ready to, you know, heavily invest in their marketing to grow their business, what would you tell them they need to be looking out for coming up in the next year or so? So any kind of business like e-commerce or? Sure. Okay. Uh, In the next year. So I would say, I mean, it's, it's pretty across the board. Here's my, probably like the thing that's working really well right now. Um, So pretty much, Facebook advertising is definitely, it's a gold rush right now versus Mm -hmm. five years ago, you couldn't even give a blow job away to like offer those services. (laughs) Like people were like, nah, he has 500 bucks for the entire year budget of Facebook ads. Like they didn't take it seriously. They didn't want it. Facebook didn't have retargeting. Uh, It was just a different platform as well. You're the queen of retargeting, by the way. (laughs) Oh yeah. Sorry about that. You like touched my funnel and you're screwed. One time and never, I'll never go back. (laughs) Yep. (laughs) so um so 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 we're in this gold rush and which is great if you're offering these kinds of services right Uh, and all these advertisers are jumping on the platform and all these businesses and entrepreneurs and and there's millions of them right and what's happening is Facebook is running out of real estate for advertisers. It's, and this is why costs start to go up, right? Your, your cost per click. We used to get cost per clicks for like five cents. And now it's like an average of about $2, right? Uh, you used to be able to get page fans for like a cent. And this was like us people. And now you're paying about a dollar. You can get it down, but this is pretty much the average. So things are getting more and more expensive for this pure simple fact that Uh, there's more advertisers, right? And Facebook needs to protect the user experience and not just constantly bombard us with ads. So because of that, Facebook is trying to create more real estate for advertisers. And it's seeing Facebook groups as an opportunity to open up more advertising space because Facebook groups are highly engaged, a part of Facebook, right? So they're communities that... um, people tend to be very engaged with, they tend to get notifications around and and it tends to pull them back into the the platform. And so I don't know if you've noticed this, but when you log into Facebook on the right-hand side, you'll see Facebook just promoting groups. Mm -hmm. None of those are paid ads, you know? Mm -hmm. That's just like, when's the last time you saw Facebook promoting anything organic? Not in a while. What I have noticed though is that Facebook pages are getting a lot more engagement too. 
they brought that back after right. the, the long span of not showing that engagement. Right. So the very fact that Facebook is organically growing people's groups should be like the light bulb moment where you're like, mm. holy shit, like this is, there's a huge strategy behind this that, because why would they do that? Right. So what, here's, here's the strategy that works really well right now is uh, Facebook groups is like an email list on steroids. It's like the way social media was always intended because it's a two-way conversation uh, people can actually like when people post on your page, it, I don't even know where it ends up now. Like it ends up in some Netherlands area. I don't know. <laughs> um, so the strategy is you basically, if you can get enough people joining your group uh, within a, a, a time frame, and you can get enough engagement within your group, Facebook will actually pick up your group and promote it for you. Mm. And once that happens, all of a sudden you have like, you have Facebook basically getting you an audience for free. And so what you do is you run ads to your group, which you can do running a traffic campaign. And then you make sure like you, you create an environment where people feel like they can engage, whether, whether you have to involve your peers to like get that going a little bit. And then what you do is you also use a plugin. You ask people for their emails when they join your group. So you say, uh, so for the, the pleasury one, what we say is something, I think we say the line, uh, what's the best email to send you freebies, tips, and um, like hot offers or something like that. I think that's what we say. 85% of people give us their email. Wow. And then you use a plugin that basically just adds those emails to your CRM. Mm -hmm. We're getting group members and an email for 87 cents. So both of them for 87 cents wow. because Facebook has picked up that group as well and is promoting it organically. So we went from having a group of zero to 10,000 women on a budget of about, I would say we spent about $2,000 and that happened within six months. So are you that's running phenomenal? Ad, you're running traffic straight from an ad to join the group and that's it. That's it. The, the, the issue with this group though, is that it's in the sex industry, like the, it's a vagina spray. So we mm. keep getting shut down. But yes, the premise is that you run ads um, and if you can get that momentum and that engagement going and ask them for an email as well. So you're getting two birds with one stone. Um, you put them in an email list in a sequence. Now you've got your, because you don't ever want to solely build audiences that you don't own, right? Building an audience on YouTube, on Instagram, on Facebook, and that's, and you're not collecting emails or SMS, you're putting yourself at so much risk because I tell you what, you don't own those platforms. And if yep. they shut you down and there's pages right now with 600,000 followers being shut down and you don't, Facebook doesn't care. So what are you yep. going to do? Like you never collected. E so that's, that's really important. Like always build your own audience, whether that's email or SMS or like a mailing address so you can send direct mail but always collect that kind of information because uh, you, you don't own them and they could shut you down tomorrow and then you've lost pretty much everything. PewDiePie, I think that happened to him, right? Yep. He got booted off of YouTube. They got pissed off with him and kicked him off. Yep. And, and he's one um, of the biggest ones, right? Yeah, and Logan Paul as well. Yeah, so... Yeah. Uh, hopefully they had that kind of strategy and I'm sure like people, they were that big that people would follow them wherever they go. But for sure that hit him hard. Like he would have lost millions and millions of followers because of that. Mm -hmm. So, so that's the strategy. And, um, 
And, and, and we, we, I have the Facebook group, Facebook ad hacks, and I would say that that group probably has accounted to about $3 million in revenue over two years. So they're just, they're like email lists on steroids. They're just great, great strategy. And you can have them. uh, We created groups for Fujifilm, like photography. Um, You can have them for pretty much anything. The key is like, you don't make it about your brand. You make it like a passion, passion group, right? Like an affinity group. So if you're selling like CBD oils to, for dogs, you make it like, uh, I'm gonna, I was going to say like, I love dogs, but that's actually already a Facebook page, but like, you know, like I love dogs, Facebook group. So you know that that's going to attract your ideal target audience. And then you communicate your product offer and instead of it being like, your product, your group is named after your brand, you know? So you make it more like affinity passion page and you'll get a lot more traction that way than naming it after your business. Yeah. Yeah. Wow. Ah, that's so amazing. Thank you so much for all the value that you've given us today. It's, it's been amazing. One of my favorite interviews for sure. I really appreciate it to, to kind of wrap this up. Um, please let the audience know where they can connect with you, where they can find more information about the separate businesses that you have aside from your agency for those people who may want to start a Facebook ad agency. I know you're one of the go-tos for that. So please plug yourself, anything that you have going on, um, share it with us. Um, yeah, I guess the best thing is just cathowell.com. Uh, it's a bit of a hot mess, the whole thing, but yeah, you, you'll find, you'll find lots of stuff on there. Yeah. <laughs> it's a rabbit hole. It's a rabbit hole. Let's just put it that way. Yeah. Awesome. Yeah. Awesome. All right, guys. So check her out cathowell.com again. Thank you so much, Kat. I, man, I, I loved the interview. I picked up so much knowledge. I know the audience did as well. So really appreciate it. Of course you got it. Thank you so much for having me. Absolutely. All right, guys. Till next time. Cheers. You've been listening to the Six Figure Roadmap. If you enjoyed this episode, please be sure to subscribe and leave a review. To learn more about our membership, visit us online at www.lvrg.it.